again. Episode 11. Episode 11. It we made like, it. We made it. We made it. That's when you know you made it. We when you just, hit episode 11. When we started episode 11. Yeah. I was really happy with last week's <clears throat> Well, we had uh, Daniel on. Yeah. That's always a good time. Hopefully we can get him on as much as possible in the future. But, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he brought a lot to the show last week. Very well-spoken guy, as we know. Um, and yeah. Again, saying here, thank you, Daniel. For yeah. coming on last Thank week. you, Daniel. And we hope to have you on as much as possible in the future. And, of course, we would love to go see a Laval Rocket Toronto Marlies AHL game this year. Yes. Because the Rocket are going to be sick this year, let me tell you. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. We've, well, we talked about it, right? Uh, when we did the Eastern Conference Canadian team preview, we, mm-hmm. we you specifically told me the list of prospects. Yeah. So I'm excited to go see this game. A little later, I do want to talk about the preseason. Um, okay. Because Actually, I was going to ask you about the preseason yeah. first thing. Well, you so know what's really, really weird? Um, I don't want to go too in-depth in this yet, yeah. but um, we somehow forgot last episode that only hours after we recorded was the first game of the preseason. Yes. Yeah, I, remember, I texted you. I'm like, yeah, uh, Vegas and someone. I don't remember. Yeah, it was who. Arizona. Oh, which, that, you know, yeah. in hindsight, yeah, the Coyotes and, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, no. All, all respect fair. due to them, but, yes. I mean, and it's the preseason. Um, exactly. But anyway, so here's what I wanted to talk about to start the show. As you know, Alex, and yes. I brought this up on the show, I'm a season ticket holder. Yeah. As is my mother. For the Montreal Canadiens. For the Montreal Just Canadiens, yes, of course. Clear. I have my, I have my. I'm wearing shorts. So you can see my Montreal Canadiens tattoo. Yeah. It's Patrick Wall's goalie mask. I'm wearing my Jonathan Druin Montreal Canadiens shirt. Yeah. So anyway, regular season so far, we're having no problem selling the tickets. That of course games we can't go to as I live in Toronto. Um, so yeah, of course, yeah, we're trying to sell the extra tickets we're not going to. No, not a problem so far. But we're having issues with one game. In here in the preseason, of course, tomorrow, who do the Montreal Canadiens play? You should know this. Is I is it the Leafs? It's the Leafs. Okay. They're in Montreal at yeah. the Bell Center. Right? So I have an ad on a bunch of these buy and sell sites on yeah. Facebook, obviously. If you're listening and you're interested in tickets, please message me. Social medias are in the description below. And clearly, first of all, Alex, let me ask you, what is the name of the arena the Montreal Canadiens play in? Uh, the Bell Center. The Bell Center, yes. Yeah. Now, of course, I want you to tell me a few arena names of a place the Leafs could play. Of course, they have a main NHL arena, but during the preseason, and now they're special charity games, yeah. they could play in a bunch of different arenas. Well, they pl- I've, on, yeah, yeah. I've seen them play well, in, in Newfoundland, St. John's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. That's the only other place I've ever seen them play, to be honest. Of course, they've, they've practiced in Nathan Phillips. Yeah, Square yeah, they practiced there, but they've. Um, I don't think they've like played games. Oh, like, no, there's no. the MasterCard Center, oh, their practice arena. There's a method to my madness here. Okay, course. okay. Of course, there's Rico Coliseum. Yeah, the Marlies. Now. It's the Marlies. Yes. It's the Coca-Cola. But of course, or all those arenas are in the vicinity of Toronto. Right. Of course. And easily, if you look at the game, it's very easy to tell when a game is at a certain place. Am I wrong? Uh, it says on the ticket where the pl- where they're playing. Yes. Yeah. And when I list this, I say Toronto at Montreal. Oh no. At the Bell Center. Okay. I have had about six people message oh, me. Oh no. And then not until we're about to figure out, do they say, "Oh wait, this is in the Bell Center. I live in Toronto." Oh, Toronto. And at oh, this point, God. this morning, there's this one guy talks to going, Well, first of all, this guy asks me because it's the preseason, right? So the tickets are quite cheap. Yeah. Twenty dollars per ticket here, right? Yeah. Not bad. So this guy messages me and asks, 
Is it for the full game? I guess it's not. What? He's wait, what? The ticket wasn't for the full wait, game. Wait, what do you mean? He, the guy, the message said, is this for the full game? I guess not. That is a quote. That is not me paraphrasing. The face Alex is making right now. What? Wait, the full game as in like... The full game. So how... Wait. This was, this was someone in Toronto, so there wasn't like... This is someone no, who's but a even, even language Yeah, but even in, ter- even in Toronto, like when you pay it's, for something... It's just common sense in sports just, in general that if you buy a ticket to something, it's the full thing. See, the, the, see, only, the, time, issue- the only time I've ever seen this this happen is tennis right usually they play more than one game more than one game during the day at the same arena like let's say the rogers cup Mm -hmm. when they are playing in toronto sometimes what they'll do is they'll split the game up right so they'll have a match at 12 30 and then they'll have a match at like five o'clock but the tickets aren't you buy with the 12 30 tickets not always for the five o'clock game Mm -hmm. But, that is tennis. but it's tennis, so but I don't understand what. That what's is my reaction. <laughs> oh, okay. Today, after this guy, uh, at the end of it, said, "Oh wait, no, this is in Montreal." Yeah. I, I lost. Like as in, I I laughed my butt. Off. Try not to swear. I laughed my butt off for a solid ten minutes okay. about this. And this is just before I left and came here, Alex. So I just I just want people to know, like, if you're going to buy tickets also for someone first of all know where the game is yeah because no offense i appreciate the interest but you're wasting my time as much as you yeah that's um, fair i'm not gonna make fun of them for being a least fan and i'm just mm. saying every per every hops fan i have dealt with no problems i'm, I'm just trying to cause something here all right you're Alex, just trying to cause problems so i might we might as well just talk about the preseason so far yeah i have a question yeah i was so Somehow, some reason, I watched the preseason game last night. Which one? The Leafs. Okay. Sorry, the Leafs preseason game against Buffalo. I watched the first two and a half periods. Uh, I try. And I I don't generally watch the preseason just because. Um, it is the preseason. It, no, it's not because I mean, like I like. Listen, we both like watching hockey, um, but I tend to get. If you haven't noticed, I tend to get a little extra mad sometimes. Uh, and I don't want to put myself in midseason form in the preseason because by the 42nd or 41st game, I will absolutely be losing my mind mm-hmm. for a random game that has absolutely no playoff implication. I am in, I'm in that exact same way, and I can tell you, watching their first preseason game, Montreal's, of course, I was, I was losing it. So I try not to watch it, and if I do, I like, I have to, like I'm doing something else. Like last night, it was... Uh, just on cat friendly, mm-hmm. trying to learn waivers because that's what we were talking about at the time. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Because obviously, for me, being a Habs fan right now, is there are so many great players, and we're getting into them specifically in the in the moment here, um, that I want to watch those young guys, see how they play, see them try and earn a spot. Yes. Is it maybe because, for the most part, I think the top nine, especially in Toronto, you know who it is who's made the team in that. So is there maybe less interest for you because those young stars who you were seeing if they would make um, the team already on the team and now it's just kind of the Leafs are trying to figure out a fourth line, a third pair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't necessarily know that that's, sure, a back read, like a behind the main reason. Listen, I let, like, if I see a Marley's game on TV, I'll watch the Marley's game just because I like, I think both, you're in the same boat. You'd watch a Laval game if it was on TV. Mm-hmm. It's to see the players who are in the prospect pool. Like we look at, like 
I'm not going to say differently. We look at the game in a way as if like we're analyzing the game. We want to see who's coming up. We want to see who's who's like who's next. Mm-hmm. That's so that's I can watch that now. But the thing is, I don't I'm going to get way too mad and it's going to disrupt my head and it's going to screw with me halfway through the season. Of course. So I'd rather just watch the AHL AHL games online because to be honest, sometimes the AHL games are a little more entertaining. Because they're fighting for an NHL spot. They're fighting for what even an AHL spot sometimes. And you, sometimes it, it turns out to be a little more entertaining than an NHL game. But n- most of the time it's not. I just want to put that out there. Okay. I'm just saying like sometimes like the, the way they move, like the intensity of the game. Like I'd rather sometimes watch like a, a Marley's game against like Laval than watch... Uh, like a, a game that has absolutely no meaning. Of course. Because it means something to those players. Mm-hmm. You, get what, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I, and I mean, another thing is, you know at any point a guy who's making an impact in the AHL could get a call-up. So yes. maybe that's another thing against the preseason. But then again, it's almost like a second chance. Because a guy like Nick Suzuki, for example, who's been impressing a lot of people yeah. for his uh, his camp so far of Montreal... He's making it. He's making sure they're not sending him to to the AHL. This is year. he AHL eligible? He is. Okay. Yes, but I mean, he's probably not. He's probably starting the season one. Try him and Kale Flurry. But yeah. okay, before I go into because I want to do a nice big thing on the Laval Rock. Yeah. I, um, you go. Let, let me ask you, of what you saw last night, who impressed you the most? So the listen, I've seen. I watched the condensed games that the NHL has on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like they're like eight minutes long. I've watched all of them, of the Leafs. And when they are playing together, I do not mind a line of Trevor Moore, Frederick Gauthier, and Jason Spezza. I saw some people saying a lot of good stuff about Trevor Moore. I, I don't mind that fourth line. If Let's say if you want to play Trevor Moore on the fourth line, there's a lot of people who are saying he'll play with uh, on the third line with Kerfoot and Kapanen if when Hyman comes back. Um, but I really liked... Like last night, I was watching the game and I saw Trevor Moore, Gautier, and Spezza. And I'm this, it was just like, listen, two years ago, Freddie Gautier, like, who the hell would have thought this guy would have been an NHL player? His skating was, God, like, he needs help. Uh, he just didn't fit the style the Leafs play. And I don't particularly think he still fits that perfect mold of what he wants. But he can play the fourth line. He's he's a bigger guy. And I know I generally don't say this, but today the NHL still has fourth lines with big goon players. Not goons. The Islanders big, are a perfect example. Yeah. They have bigger players who will push you around. So having Frederick Gauthier out there, on your fourth line would not be the worst thing in the world. At the same time, he's also improved skill-wise. My opinion. The way he plays is very... Like, I like it, personally. It really helps having Jason Spezza there. Because yes. he might not be what he was, but... But his face-offs are still there. They're, now the fourth line has two players, potentially, who could take face-offs. And there's no such thing as too many sentiments. Right. Uh, then let me ask you. I want to give a shout out to Victor Olafson, Buffalo Sabres player. Oh God! Because he had two goals last night, oh, including Lord. the game winner. After Jake Muzzin hit him into Toronto's bench, it's funny. Sportsnet, I thought that was funny. Sportsnet put the and you know he didn't just do it. The, the guy was about to get in. 
and he, get up, and then he pushed him back down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. But he, he still, he, he got up. Yeah. Played well, scored the goal. Sportsnet put the clip of Muzzin hitting him in, and then but they he never put it. the goal's highlights up, which I thought was very interesting. But, uh, but yeah. Um, so, at, let's bring this up now. Earlier this week, you said that there was something Mike Babcock said. Oh, God. Jason Spetzel. So, let's talk about this oh, before God. we talk about all about Okay, Robert. let me get to my notes. Okay. So, this, this is the quote directly from Babcock. <clears throat> He's trying to figure it out if he's interested, and we're doing the same. Uh, so this is a stat. In Spets's favor, there's no NHLer who took at least 135 faceoffs last season, who and had more success than than him. He won 58.6 percent of his draws, 470 for 807. Ooh. So then Spezza says, at first, it's a difficult transition when you're used to being, you're used to kind of being the guy Mm -hmm. and you're judged by how you, you're producing offensively. It becomes a reality of how you're going to contribute. Once you get comfortable with it, it becomes easier. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me start with Spezza's comments because I understand where he's coming from. He used to be the guy in Ottawa, right? Mm -hmm. I think him and Alfredson. Yes. Okay. When he moved to Dallas, was he the guy? There was pressure, but he was always behind Tyler Sagan. <clears throat> right. So I think he's he's had time to move past this idea of him being the guy. He comes to Toronto with the mentality that he's essentially your Pat- your new Patrick Marlowe. With the idea is he's there for the leadership. Last season, Patrick Marlowe was there for the leadership. Yeah. This year, Jason Spetz is here for the leadership. Would you agree with that? I would, yeah. Okay. And to be overplayed in the playoffs. Like and Patrick to be overplayed, yeah, yeah. I, of course. Can't forget that. I don't get what Babcock is saying. I feel as if... Jason Spetsa looked at this lineup when he signed with the Leafs and said... Listen, I'm not going to be the guy. I'm not going to be the second or third or fourth guy. I'm going to be a fourth line player. You're not playing above Austin Matthews. You're not, not playing, playing above, against, uh, above John Tavares. Maybe Alex Kerfoot, if Alex Kerfoot turns out not to be the third line center we all thought he was going to be. Maybe he'll play. Oh, wait, he might be a winger. There's all this talk of Alex Kerfoot might turn into a. But, but anyway, uh, it was is Jason Spezza was at the bottom half of your line. <clears throat> right. And be. I think Jason Spezza knew that when he re- said, you know what, I'll come back to Toronto. But does Mike Babcock know that? What I don't think so. <laughs> What's his mind? Lo- listen, I love Mike Babcock, but I think I don't know what the what the play is, what the play is here. Is he trying to say, listen, like no one has a guaranteed spot, and he's using Jason Spezza as a as a as an example because you know he's been in the NHL for what sixteen years, fifteen or sixteen years now. He's using Jason Spezza as that example. As you know, what look for the, especially the bottom the bottom two lines. Listen, no one here has a guaranteed spot. I but I don't know. I don't agree with that. Like that idea, like if he's interested. Yeah, that, I don't, that's weird to me. I don't, I, I think he knows what I don't, I believe that Jason Spezza got other offers. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Montreal gave him one either. 
Right. So what wh- what does he what does he need to figure out? I I don't know. That's a what very are weird what quote by Babcock. Babcock, like if they were interested, he makes it seem as if like, look, he's trying to figure it figure it out if he's interested, and we're doing the same. What what are you trying to figure out? He's on the team. You're not set. You can't send Jason like you can, but you're not going to send Jason Spezza to the AHL. Kyle Dubis isn't leaving him. Kyle Dubis signed Jason Spezza on July first. Just, I want to bring up something really quickly because I was I was gonna double check how <clears throat> season Spezza is playing in the NHL. So yeah. of course, um, he played. In his first kind of rookie stint, 33 games, sorry, 30, yeah, 33 games, 21 points in those games, right? That was the 0-2-0-3 season with the Sens. Then for the remainder of that season, he played for the Bingham Senators, AHL. He played 43 games. He had 54 points. Uh, I, I just, uh, this is a little thing about the Sens I'm just noticing. Then, the next year, this is fascinating. 43 games in the mine. I'm sorry, at the AHL. 54 points. Why was he not... Sorry. Yeah, 54 <laughs> points. And then they called him up again. 78 games played, 55 points. Yeah. Then he played a full year, 80 games in the AHL again. He had 117 points. Yeah, I see that. And they never called him up. And then his first real season in Ottawa, 05-06, 90 points. What was happening there? I was around three when this happened. Uh, yeah, That's I very don't, interesting. I, I'm not going to lie. I have no idea. Uh, Hoggy DB is a fascinating page, isn't it? Anyway, I mean, it's the Ottawa Senators. That's my response. Yeah. So, you know, you know. I want to talk about the Laval, um, sorry, the Montreal community. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, is there anything that has been impressing you First this of all, uh, preseason? Uh, they are 4-0 and yep. so far after a massive 4-0 victory against the Ottawa Senators last yeah. night. Um, the standouts so far have been, in his one game, Caden Primo looked amazing. Uh, you might have seen the save on Twitter he made. Yes. They even carry Price is like, oh, oh I think so. That's, that's quite good, isn't it? Uh, he was uh, assigned to the Rocket today, obviously, because Keith Kincaid is, is carry Price's back. Keith Kincaid had a shutout last night. Uh, he made some really good saves. Um, Kale Fleury has been one. He, from the WHL, he was from the Colonial Rockets, who, if you know anything about minor... Junior hockey, sorry. They're kind of like a factory for defense. Yeah. I think Shea Weber actually was a Kelowna Rocket. Um, if there's a defenseman who's going to make the team, I think it's going to be Kale Fleury. Josh Brook is still on the team. I think he's seen power play time tomorrow night, or he's practicing on that pairing. He was a Kelowna Rocket. He was way. a Kelowna yes, Rocket. Yes, yes. There you go. Uh, another. Could you check if Tyson Berry was, please? I will. Um. Jake Evans. Jake Evans. My boy, Jake Evans. Former seventh round pick. Captain of Notre Dame. He did play for Kelowna Rockets. He did. Tyson Berry. So Tyson Berry and Shea Weber both Kelowna Rockets. Let me tell you that. Um, What was I saying? Jake Evans. Jake Evans. Um, I asked Mark Dumont on an athletic Q&A. I think I brought this up. Everyone talks about Suzuki and Paling. Who's a player that we should look out for as a a sleeper pick to make the team? He talked about Jake Evans. Yeah. Um. He has been, if if anything at worse, he'll be a viable option for the Montreal Canadiens to call it during the season. He's a center, right? He is a center, yes. Okay. He is okay. a coach's player. He can do everything, can Jake Evans. Um, by the way, Jake Evans and Caden Primo, seventh round picks. And look how good they look. Trevor Timmons, be happy with your staff. Of course, Ryan Paling looks great. I sent you a gif, Alex, of the game-winning goal 
he toe dragged Aaron Eckblad so bad. He Aaron Eckblad oh, yes, was did, sliding off the ice. Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. had the door open waiting for that guy to get. It was hilarious. <laughs> you said it to me. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, Ryan Paling has now suffered a concussion. And he's yes. out indefinitely. And of course, I talked a little about a little bit about Nick Suzuki. But every time he was playing with Tomas Tatar and Philippe Deneau on the first line in the game against Ottawa last night, and oh, every time he was on the ice, something was happening. I I think they have he has set out on a mission to not play a single AHL game this year. Who so oh, Suzuki? Suzuki, and he has done it. Um, as unfortunate as the paling injury is, it's good for Suzuki. Because it, yeah. it, it looks like he's making the team. If, if there are two players who are making it for sure, it's probably Kale Fleury yeah. and Nick Suzuki. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jake Evans gets a few games. So, okay. So, if you could pick four centermen to play, let's say it's opening night. Mm-hmm. And you're you're making the centermen. I'm Claude Julian. You're Claude Julian. But you're just a centerman. You don't okay. have to do the entire lineup. Um, Who are the four centermen you pick? First of all, I put Domi on the wing. Okay. Dino, first line center. Wait, okay. wait, is Paling injured in this world? No. No, no. No, no. Okay. Everyone's healthy. Then I am going to put Philippe Deneau, obviously. Jesperi Kokinemi. Actually, I think I would play Domi. In his, so centerman for me would be Philippe Deneau, Max Domi, Jesperi Kokinemi. And if... He's healthy, paling, and I'd actually put Suzuki in the top six row. On the wing. I would see how he does to start the season. I, I think he's earned it. Yeah. But that's but yeah, my centerman would be KK Paling Domi to know. And okay. it's it's that's a in two, three years, that is uh that's a scary looking center yeah. right there. Something Montreal has not had since before I was born. Yeah. Maybe even before my brother was born. And my brother is twenty seven years old. So, I don't think there's been anything else that's during the preseason that's been Noah Yulson. newsworthy. Noah Yulson. Hmm? Uh, Yulson. Noah. Noah Yulson. No, Noah he Yulson. hasn't been playing. He's still... Yeah. Still he's waiting. injured, right? Or yeah. he's he's getting a second opinion. Yeah. I, that's why. I, I haven't seen anything more on him. Yeah, neither um, have I. Again, uh, I hope he gets healthy because he looked good when he did play with Montreal last year. Uh, former first overall pick, they actually... Uh, in a second, uh, it looks like Chris Johnson has tweeted out some stuff for waivers. So we'll talk about that in a second. But, um, of course, uh, Noah Juleson was drafted a few days before they traded the P.K. Saban. Oh, um, they knew. So, poor Chris Johnson. Uh, some notable players with past NHL experience among those on waivers today. Bo Bennett for Arizona. Andrew Hammond, Buffalo. Nathan Gerby, the shortest NHL player I've ever seen. Columbus Blue Jackets, J.F. Berube for Philly, Derek Pouliot, St. Louis, Scott Wedgwood, Tampa Bay, Reed Boucher, Vancouver, Zach McIntyre, uh, Vancouver again, and a third Vancouver Canuck, Ashton Soutner. Um, I was hoping there was going to be a bit more news with that, but uh, no. Okay, before we get into the good stuff, mm-hmm. it's not hockey-related, but I have to bring it up. Okay. I think that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that Antonio Brown is a New England Patriot. Oh, yeah. He is no longer a New England Patriot. He's no longer he has an been, NFL player, period. He is no longer an NFL player, period. He will not be playing in the NFL. That's from him. He put a tweet up saying he's not playing in the NFL. He is done with whatever is going on. Uh He's. I believe he's going after New England for Garrett for the guaranteed money. 
Really? I think so. Oh. I'm pretty sure he's going after uh, certain certain people. Uh, so that's fun because, you know, why not? If there's a franchise you want to piss off, it's definitely it's the New England Patriots. Of course, of um, course. I guess let's get the one other piece of non-hockey okay. news out the way. Yeah. has to do with the ice, though. Um, does have... There are very few Canadians that I think the nation loves more than Scott Mira and Tessa Virtue. Yep. Uh, they've announced their retirement from figure skating. Um, I saw Andrew Berkshire tweet out, this is like... Your parents telling you they're divorcing. Oh my god! These two retiring. Of course, they've been known as probably their chemistry is second to none. Oh yeah. To a point where people forever have thought that they have been an item, when oh. they've just been really good friends. How many times have you seen people tweet, "What are you people doing? Shut up and date each other." Yeah, I saw. I saw quite a bit of that. They were on uh, Ellen. I think she said it too. Yes, I believe so. Um, but congratulations on a great career to those two. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Then, okay, Alex. We've talked about the preseason. We talked about my Babcock. I say we talk about Patrick Lyon. Okay. So I'm ready. For those of you who don't know, I think we talked about. No, we haven't. It feels no, like forever since the last podcast, hasn't it? It has. So yeah. there was a hockey. <clears throat> I saw Hockey Night in Canada tweet this out. An article where Patrick Lyon said that. He is not that there is the top line in Winnipeg, of course, Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, and whoever else is on that line doesn't matter. And then there is quote unquote our line, Patrick Line. Of course, him, Nick Ehlers, and Brian Little. Ryan Little, who we have talked I think I said once he is not a top six. No, no, no. Um, well you see, look, the last two seasons they've tried to replace they've tried to bring in a, a second line center. Of course, Paul and, have, and, and they have failed to do so. Or they brought him in, they haven't done as well as they thought, and then they couldn't even re-sign him. Now, I actually want to bring something up here. Is uh, I saw someone tweet this out afterwards, that um, the usage of Patrick Lyon when there's ice time. So this is uh, from, uh, I forget who the Twitter user was. Uh, sorry, I have it here, actually. Um, at PhillyK204. These are gold leaders since Lyon entered the league. Now look at this time on ice. Line A being mad about his usage is 100% warranted. And never mind his usage. Line A plays the far worse players than everyone else on this list. It's not particularly close. Now, Alex, who do you think the leading goal scorer in the league is since Patrick Line A joined the league itself? Um, of... Oh shit! It's Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm like, I'm. So, t- I thought you meant like players in his draft no, no, year. No, 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 no. I okay, yeah, I so, Ovechkin, obviously. I'll give you the top ten: Patrick Kane, one hundred five; yeah, yeah. David Pasternak, one hundred seven; Sidney Crosby, one hundred eight; Patrick, sorry, uh, Brad Marchand, one hundred nine; Patrick Laine, one ten; yes, Austin Matthews, one eleven. By the way, remember in his rookie season, Patrick Laine had a really bad concussion. And he's still right there of Austin Matthews, of course. He's yeah. warranted, had some injuries, but a massive concussion. Um, Tavares, 4 of 112, tied with him is uh, Conor McDavid. Kucherov, wait, 120. Wait, how many does Tavares have? 112? Yes, tied okay. with McDavid. Okay. Um, Nikita Kucherov, 120. Alex Ovechkin, 133. Now, the reason I bring this up is if you look at their ice time. Right. 
the lowest person here with ice time beside Patrick Line is David Pasternak at 18 minutes. Everyone else, Patrick Kane, 21, 19, Marshan Matthews, 18, Tavares, 19, 47, McDavid, nearly 22 minutes, Kucherov, just under 20, Alex Ovechkin, 20. Now, if you remember, a couple of years ago, Alex Ovechkin had a really off year, and by that, I mean he scored 30 goals. <laughs> Alex Ovechkin is um, terrible. He oh, was just playing sucks. only about 18 minutes. Now, Patrick Laine has scored 40 goals, and his average ice time is 17 minutes, 10 seconds. Right. Now, Leafs Nation blew their mind, rightfully so, when Austin Matthews was only playing 18 minutes. But Patrick Laine is scoring 40 goals, playing 17 minutes. Yes, yes. Playing with Brian I understand. I understand that. But... Other than the, how effective do you think, have you looked, like, I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but I'm looking, I'm just looking at his stats, his effectiveness outside of uh, five on five, how effective do you think he would be? Or oh, even just on the power play. Whenever Patrick right, it's a me- not have the puck in it's, the, it's a mess. the offensive zone it is. Right, and, and I think we've talked about this, hockey is not just a one-way game, Right. And you've talked about this with defensemen. You said, "Well, now you know what defensemen have to be have to be offensive." Mm-hmm. So why shouldn't def- why shouldn't offensive players have to come back and help on defense? I that is fair, but the argument I have is yeah, Patrice Bergeron does all the hard work. He does okay. all the two way game, and it allows a guy like Marchand or Pasternak. But they're not. They're not. They're not those two players, Marshawn and Pasternak, are not god awful when they don't have the puck and when they have to play defense. See, let me okay, let me let me be perfectly clear here. Yeah, the whole situation with Patrick Line in Winnipeg is a two. Both sides ha- are in the wrong here. Patrick Line sure. shouldn't have gone out and completely thrown Brian Little under the bus. Well, yeah, a, is he a player that the same caliber of Line? Of course he's not, but at the same time, that's your teammate. Did you see what Patrick Line did, what? or did you hear he he so? He called Brian Little. They talked, and he apologized. He goes, he texted me and asked me to call him, so I called him up and chatted for him for a few minutes. He was saying sorry and apologizing for just the way I think it was interpreted, which I kind of understood before I even talked to him. Okay. Now, let me say this. Of course, Patrick Liney needs to work on his two-way game. Yes. And at, But at the same time, the Jets need to do a better job of getting him that centerman. He For needs sure. a guy that can give him the puck. For sure. Now, Nick Ehlers can be a great line line mate, but at the same time, he's a goal scorer. But Brian Little, I'm afraid, no. is just not good enough. Oh, no, I agree with you. Paul Stastny, they completely hit or miss because I think we've brought this up on... See, the problem, Alex, is we talk so much in real life because we have so many classes together. Is I forget what we talk about on the podcast when we talk about... In, we'll just talk in about class. it. But if we repeat ourselves, whatever. If people remember, they uh, the Winnipeg Jets traded Joel Armia as a sweetener with the Steve Mason contract to Montreal. Montreal then bought out Steve Mason. Right. But the purpose of the trade was the Winnipeg Jets were trying to clear cap space to re-sign Paul Stastny, who was fantastic in his time with the Jets, including in the playoffs, with Patrick Liney on his wing. Even clearing that space, they lost him to Vegas. Then they gave up a first-round pick, and I believe it was... Was it Brendan Lemieux? Yeah. For Kevin Hayes. Yeah. Well, they got the first round pick back. But still. 
So it was just Brendan Lemieux but and that was something was, else. Did they not get the first round pick back in the Jacob Trudeau? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Oh, I love the Winnipeg Jets. Remember a couple weeks ago when I said the Jets weren't going to make the playoffs? I, was like, I think I've been saying that since our first episode. Yeah, you have. But oh, now I, it's I'm, it's quite more. Yeah, there's yeah. quite a lot more that happened that and we haven't talked about. Anyway, so Paul Maurice was asked about this. Oh, my God. I That was, was ridiculous. I that. get he was joking about they, it. It's just still a little. They were talking about Andrew Kopp and that and his, like, yeah. his offensibility. And he made a joke of all. Well, he said, "Did best he said did you did he tell you he wants to play with our best players?" Of course, joking about the whole Patrick Mahomes situation. Now, I am of a very clear mind now that at first I thought they're going to have to trade Line Eric Connor. They just don't have the room. Now, since then, it looks like Dustin Bufflin may retire. Of course, there's some personal issues with him. It sounds like his health. Of course, he missed a lot of time last year. We talk about wear and tear of a style. No one has played the game more physically than Dustin Bufflin. So yeah. if they lose him, of course, he's under 35. So they owe him the money, but his cap hit will be gone. So they well, have the money to re-sign. I'm assuming you saw what happened last night. I did. I'll bring that up in a second. Okay. So let's say Dustin Bufflin retires, right? They yeah. have about, I think it's, it would be $23 million in cap space. Um, can you just check that while I'm going off a bit here? So they would have the money to easily re-sign Kyle Connor and Patrick Laine. But then the problem is on their back end, they have Josh Morrissey on a great deal, yes. But then after him... Right, so right now the Winnipeg Jets have $23 million in cap space, and that's duff without Bufflin on the... on the. Uh, because as reported by Bob McKenzie, they yeah, have suspended him, him without pay. Without pay. Now, of course... Don't look into that too much. There's no malice there that, of course, makes it can be. It, Bob McKenzie said it can be reversed at any time, and it's not something that would come as any surprise to Bufflin. In the meantime, Winnipeg waits while he ponders his future. So this is, in my eyes, the worst-case scenario, Alex. Dustin Bufflin retires. Then all of a sudden, your defense is Josh Morrissey was a great player, but will be under enough pressure with this new deal. They've lost... Ben Chirot. They've lost yeah, man, Jacob Truba. It's not fun. They could lose Dustin Bufflin. I like Sammy Nukuniku. I like Tucker Pullman. But those are young guys who are going to be asked to do a lot. And we look at the issues that Patrick Line and Nick Eaglers have had as young players in such a demanding yeah. room. To me, this is the worst case Do you want me to read you the six defensemen that are currently on their calf friendly? Yes, then I need to get something out. Okay, Dmitry Kulikov. Who they were thinking of buying out over the summer. Josh Morrissey. Who is great, but their best defenseman if Dustin Buffman yeah. leaves. Neil Pionk. Who is, there are a lot of question marks around. Nathan Beaulieu. Who I can tell you as a Habs fan is nothing more than the sixth defenseman. Sammy Niku. Again, a young guy, a lot of potential. Is he ready? That's a question mark. And Tucker Pullman. Again, the same thing as Sammy Nuku. That's their so, team. So, worst case scenario, Bufflin is gone. Yes, you can now re-sign Line A and Connor, but yeah. your defense? I understand there are teams who have gone out and won with their defense in total shambles. The yeah. Blackhawks, Timo, sorry, Kimo Timonen was a shell of a player. The Pittsburgh Penguins, of course, but they had Sidney Crosby. The Jets have all their money in wingers. They've struggled to get a centerman for their best goal scorer, the guy who was heralded as the next Ovechkin in Patrick Line. But now they were going to have to trade one of Line or Connor for a defenseman. Yeah. Now, I want to say this. 
when this whole thing of William Nylander last year happened with that holdout, I was someone who said, no, you do not trade him for a defenseman because your strength is in your offense. Right. The strength of the Jets last year was how awesome that right side was along with the skill on their wings. Now they don't have that defense. Who knows how easy it's going to be to bring Patrick Line in. You still don't have a better sentiment for him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Jets. They have to trade, in my opinion, you have to trade one of Kyle Connor or Patrick Lining. Oh, I and, and I think we talked about that last week, right? I, this was before Dustin Bufflin retired. Uh, not retired, before he took a leave of absence. We both said, or I, I'm pretty sure we both agreed on the fact that, we, that Winnipeg needs to trade one of Connor or... Lining number one because they can't. I don't think they could afford both of them. Number two because, like, and I picked Lining to be traded because there's just not a good relationship in the dressing room between Patrick Lining and the team. No, or specifically Shifley and Wheeler, who we've heard have extremely high expectations, and they take it very seriously. Yeah, which I don't. That I don't care. What they're, they if they want high expectations, that's fine. But now the reality is, Patrick Line will probably not be a Winnipeg Jet. No, I saw okay, listen, this is just a trade rumor that I found, no validity to this, but it's a, a, a trade with Buffalo. The offer includes so this is just for Patrick Line. Uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, mm-hmm. Connor Sheary, and two first-round picks. But the deal would be contingent on an extension. Now, in 31 Thoughts, Elliot Friedman did throw out, of course. Now, this I feel really good about this. Because last week before this came out, me, you, and Daniel speculated on Justin yeah. Falk because of the rumors that he's obviously and you And you out. said Winnipeg. And I said Winnipeg. Now, of course, yeah. since then, he's also... Elliot Friedman has brought up the possibility of Justin Falk. Now, of course, he does have a no-move clause. Yes. And, of course, we know the problem that the Jets have had bringing people in. Listen, no yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. If he's not going to Minnesota or uh, where is it? Where did, And if he's not going to go to Anaheim, I don't think he's going to go to Winnipeg. Of course. And... He, of course, I f- I'm surprised we forgot about this guy. Um, Friedman also threw out the possibility of Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, I, well, I, I just brought him up, but I said even, remember, I think whenever we did the the Western Conference preview, I said that uh, if I'm Edmonton and I want to tighten my D, I look, at, uh, I look at Buffalo and I call him and say, listen, Let's make a package around uh, Rasmus Ristolainen and we'll give you Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Because what that does is you you can probably bring in an uh, uh, NHL winger and Rasmus Ristolainen, but now you're forcing uh, Leon Dreisaitl to play on his own line. But that's a whole that's a whole separate issue. Yeah. We've talked about Rasmus Ristolainen before. I don't like. I think by opening night, I don't know if he's a Buffalo Saber. I think it depends on how impressed they are with Henry Yokiaru. Yeah. That's what it's dependent on. If they're impressed with him, uh they they say, you know what, Ristolainen, see you later. Or he's at least because I by next season he's not a Buffalo Saber. No. He um now he did he did not say whether or not he has asked for a trade, but I think it's fair speculation to say. Um then last thoughts on Winnipeg. Uh, of course, now we just have to wait to see what happens with Bufflin. 
But even if he does sign, then you still have the cap crunch but of, of figuring out Connor and Lining. I just want to say, by the way, if it's me, I don't trade Patrick Lining. Um, what do you do? I try do? my best. I trade Kyle Connor because of the potential of Lining. But then at the same time, I understand if Kevin Sheldon has to do Lining because of what's going on in that locker room. Yeah, listen, I think with the way Lining scores, of course, I'd rather take... Patrick Line, I yeah, like I'd rather take Patrick Line ten times out of ten. I think I have confidence in him to fix the problems that he has with his game, but at the same time, I think it's we're too far ahead in what's going on in Winnipeg with the problems between the team or certain players on the team and Patrick Line. I think that it's just a little too far to say. You know what? Let's let's go back and not. Like, just erase these problems. I don't think it's possible. Mm. That's why I think Patrick Lightning is the guy to go. Um, I just want to say a couple quick things here. Just get yeah. them out the way because I feel like they need uh, speaking of. Um, now, Austin Matthews may be the leaf I dislike the most as a half saint. Oh, yeah. A, um, do you remember the first game of the season last oh year where Montreal should have beaten Toronto with Fred Gandish and saved your butts? Uh Sure. Okay, I remember it very well. Um, sure. Austin Matthews, of course, compliment Carey Price after the game. Um, so I just want to bring up Austin Matthews, of course. Um, Scott Sabrin. Scott Sabrin. A AHL Calder Cup champion player, Paul Bizonette, yeah. was getting all up in the Leafs grill. And he goes face-to-face with Matthews. And Matthews looked over his shoulder to try and look at his name to figure out who he was. Yeah, man. Oh, I boy. thought that was quite funny. That I think it was hilarious. Yeah, like um, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't even matter that it's Austin Matthews, or it doesn't matter that it was a Leafs player. I think just the general that general idea was quite funny. Oh, it was hilarious. Um, I'm not before we move. I don't know if you saw saw Overdrive, the, with uh, Jeff O'Neill. No, what? Oh, it's so it was so funny. They went on a rant for like ten minutes. Um, Brian Hayes and Jamie McClellan went up like we're talking for like 10 minutes about this guy and like the impact it has on the Leafs like whatever and um O-Dog oh, O-Dog just didn't talk he was like prepping or whatever this, he said he was prepping because they were supposed to have Jeremy Roenick on oh. so and he, so he goes after they found out Roenick wasn't coming on O'Dog's like, what the hell? He went on a race. Like, like we're talking about an AHL or like we talked about it for ten minutes. We're not we don't need to give him the light of day. He got so mad and I thought it was so funny that um, I had to bring it up. Another quick thing, congratulations to Dan Girardi, who announced yeah. his retirement. Um I remember when he first uh when the Rangers bought him out and signed with Tampa, a lot of people were really down on him, thought he was a defensive of the past. But thankfully when he went to Tampa it really felt like John Cooper and the rest of that that coaching staff really helped turn his career around. And, you know, uh, plays 927 games played. Um, and, of course, the Rangers tweeted something out for him. So, congratulations. Yeah. A great stay at home defense in over the years. Um, congratulations to Dan Girardi. Yes. Um, so, what, speaking of Tampa, before we move on, mm-hmm. something that we don't have on the list. How... How did Louis Domingue slip through waivers? He went 21 and 5 last year. 908 save percentage and uh, just above two and a half goals against average. I think it's um, a big thing here. Because I, I, when, when you texted me this, I thought, why didn't Toronto take a flyer on him? But then, of course, their cap Salary. situation is just going to be fascinating. To keep an eye on. 
Um, again, $94 million yeah. cap hit yeah. in the league where the salary cap is 79 No, 81 81 sorry. That's hilarious. And a half. But, um, yeah, it's it's weird. Maybe it's because everyone's trying to figure their teams out. But then again, it's, it's like, I know Montreal wouldn't look at them because they have all the goalies in the world. But, yeah, it, it's surprising. I, I was surprised. No I thought it was funny because last year when McElhaney and Picard went through waivers, both of them were taken. Now, McElhaney, I understand McElhaney was uh, like a solidified backup mm-hmm. at the time. Now he's at, I don't know what you consider him. It seems like he's a starter. How either the Alberta teams didn't take a flyer on him. I keep, I keep saying flyer, sorry. How Edmonton or Calgary didn't take a bet on him is beyond me, but... Anyway. I don't know. I feel like there's teams who would be like, hey... Like a team like uh, New Jersey... Like, what if yeah. Corey Schneider gets hurt again? What if Mackenzie Blackwood doesn't turn out to what he's supposed to be? Because that's a major concern. Uh, an- another quick thing. Of course, we talked about Ryan Paling. Uh, best reco- best um, I hope he recovers. Um, yeah. He's looked great in the few games he's played in the Montreal Canadiens uniform. And, of course, to Michael McCarron, who's out six weeks with a groin injury. Um, he's been a real project for Montreal. But I, I he was great before he got hurt last year under Joel Bouchard. So best luck to Michael McCarron in his recovery. Uh, um, one more thing. Yep. Since we're talking about cuts and waivers, uh, last night the Sens cut 11 players. I saw this! Which oh. included Alex Formington. And Max Lejoie. What? I don't. Is, is Formington AHL eligible? I think he's if, 20. If they send he, him back to... So okay. Because I know it's you have to be twenty by a certain date. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because no, yeah, yeah, no. What am I saying? They sent him to Belleville camp. Yes, okay. he's eligible. Why? He played games with the Sens. He last played year. nine games last year. He scored. He only scored one goal. I didn't think he was bad in the game. I don't know about that. Him and Lajoie looked good in the time they did play with the Sens. Well, Lajoie, he was a, he was in the AHL last year too, was he not? But he he had a stint in Ottawa where he looked really yes. good. He was scoring goals like crazy. It wasn't he played fifty six games with them? He played fifty six games with them and had fifteen points. I mean, points don't to defensemen aren't. I'm guessing Eric Brandstrom still on camp roster. I believe so. Um, I'm trying. So Alex. I want to bring something up here. Anything else for the quick quick fire segment? No. Okay. So, I want to read you the highest cap hits for defense. Oh. <laughs> uh, for, 20, for the 2020-21 season. So after this one. Uh, Jacob Truba, $8 million. John Carlson, $8 million. Brent Burns, $8 million. I'm going to skip this person who's making $8 million. Oliver Ekman Larson, 8.25. P.K. Subban, 9. Dowdy, 11. Eric Carlson, 11.5. Yeah. Now, I've skipped someone because we were in class, and I don't know why, but I was completely shocked when this came through. <laughs> you know, I don't know why I'm surprised. We'll get into it in a second. This guy makes as much money as Brent Burns, and he's about, like, how much times younger? He is 22. Fanta- He'll be 23. A fantastic defenseman. A great deal for the Sens. An eight-year deal. When was the last time they get one of those? Eight years, $8 million. Uh, I think for, they gave Bobby Ryan seven years. but for Possibly one of the best defensemen in the NHL today. He's great in both ends of the ice. I remember in the World Juniors a couple years ago when Canada lost uh, in the finals against the States. I 
heard people called this player the best player who was not in the NHL today, and that's Thomas Shabbat. Yeah, man. Just that what, was awesome. I can't believe I'm saying this, but what well, there's, there's I don't think I've ever go. seen the Senators give out a better deal than this. It, it's it's quite interesting, uh, and I think we've talked about it uh, the Senators a lot because of their. Um, Paying situation, how, how how they like to pay players. Their owner is. I, I'm not gonna say that. Well, listen, this deal. No, no, this deal has no signing bonus. It's all base salary. Like I'm not. I wasn't surprised by that. And I, this is a great. Like, listen, there's two ways. Two ways this deal can go. This deal can go really well, or it can go okay. I don't think this deal can... Like, what are the chances Thomas Shabbat turns out to be not an $8 million defenseman? Now, last year he had 55... On, on the Ottawa Senators, last yes, place, yes. by the way, in 70 games played, 14 goals, 41 assists, 55 points. Only a minus 12 on the worst team on the league. And he... Listen, yeah. Before he got hurt... Oh, yeah, I was going to tell you. He was on pace to be a Norris Trophy defenseman. How many games do you think he had in 38 games? How many points? Uh, how many... He had 38 points in 38 games. Ah, I already screwed it up. I, I screwed it up. I'm like, screw it. He got hurt in a game against the Leafs, didn't he? Against the Islanders. The Islanders. And it was actually former Maple Leaf, Matt Martin, who injured him. So I guess just really good for the Sens. A great deal for the players. Oh, for well, sure. Right? Uh, listen, the $64 million negotiated by his agents is the highest total amount ever given to a defenseman coming out of their entry-level contract. That is that is saying something. That is is effing saying something. That is, and I think last time we talked, th- listen, this deal I think really put something out there for Senators fans, for management. Uh, Shabbat said that quickly for yeah. some context. Of course, they lost Eric Carlson. Yes, um, had to trade Matthew Shane, Mark Stone. Yes, the whole Bobby Ryan mess. Of course, this. Going years and years into the past, yeah. Alfredson leaving. Um, and then, of course, when he was part of the team behind the scenes leaving. Again, um, the whole Dana Heatley thing. All this stuff. I think this might be, honestly, the best thing that's happening to the Senators. Oh, for sure. Since I've been alive? Well, they made, no, no. They, hey, hey, they made the conference finals, okay? They made let's, the cup finals and lost it. Five, right, though. right, right. But so let's I, give them, let's... A top five moment in the history of the Ottawa Okay, Senators. there we go. Okay. I, I'm not exaggerating here. I, I It sounds like I am, but this is just, it's fantastic for them because it's a player who is committing to this team. Yeah, there was, well, there was a quote. That's what I was going to get to. There was a quote from Shabbat saying when he saw Colin White sign that six year extension, that was really when he knew that like he wanted to commit long term to this team. And I think that says something. Colin White is a great player. And he's 22. He's going to be an Ottawa senator for at least, hopefully, six more years. Yeah, I remember me. We said that he's probably gonna yeah. I by it, I but I think this is we're talking a whole different I think set of with Shabbat, time. I think yes. I, I I don't know about you, but I I'm, I'm tempted to take back. I oh no no I take it back. I take that entire thing back. That there's I don't think like Colin White will be a an Ottawa senator by the end of his contract. There, Unless unless something goes completely wrong, which you know what it honestly could, but it what this shows to uh, 
the fans, especially the fans, because these guys have gone through so much having to deal with driving out to uh, the middle of nowhere to see games, to dealing with Eugene Melnick, to dealing with contracts that don't like are not fun to deal with. They've this is shows like the the team is committed, management is committed. Mm-hmm. And I and I went over this I think last time we talked. Even the players they have in in the AHL or the or the juniors are they have some good players. Of course, Alex, the guy who they they just called Alex Formington's great. Yeah. Not even just Alex Formington. Like, I'm looking at their defense. They have Lassie Thompson, Eric Branstrom, and Maxime Lajoie, who are all NHL for-sure players. Uh, I mentioned how people said Shabbat was one of, was the best player not playing in the NHL. Well, they're saying the same thing about Branstrom. Exactly. Well, they said... they. I don't know if they're saying that anymore. I don't know. It they, seems uh, like... The stone trade happened, yes, that yes. Was the that was the That's what they were saying. Even forwards. They have Norris, Varneau, uh Jonathan Davidson... Rudolph Balsers, Formington, Abramov. Like, there's players there that, you know what? Listen, let's get them to the NHL soon, but let's let them develop in the AHL for Abramov a little bit. Abramov especially. Yes. During the rookie tournament and preseason has been killing it. So I think this is a really good deal. Yeah. Like, this deal, listen, even for Shabbat, I said when I when I first saw the deal, I'm like, I find it interesting that he, he signed an eight-year extension because that's – like especially superstar players, like you, you, you've seen it in the last month. That's not really happening anymore. But the deal expires when he's thirty-one. He's still when he's thirty-one, he can still cash in. Look at what Eric Carlson just did. Yeah. Look at what Brent Burns did. Oh, Drew Doughty. Like these are older players who are cashing in again. Like the for Shabbat, this is like, you know what? Whatever, I'll take it. He might honestly, maybe it won't be with the Ottawa Senators, just because with the current situation, I don't know if if Eugene Melnick is gonna cash put all that cash to that player. Twenty twenty two, but it's twenty twenty eight. That's when you so twenty what twenty twenty eight. That's when the deal expires. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, let's go rapid fire on a okay. few players here. We need to talk about Traps Connecty, yes. Brock Besser, but there's Brandon. Let's talk about Brandon Collar and Anthony D'Angelo quickly. Okay. Anthony, Which one first? Uh, Anthony D'Angelo okay. signs a one-year extension. Yes. He was one of those RFAs, $925,000 for a defenseman who puts up 30 points. That's a good deal. Now, yes. So there's two. What you mentioned to me. There's two scenarios. There's a prove-it contract. This is a prove-it contract. That's one of them, which is very much possible. Or there's an extension set for him January 1st. It's just the same thing with Kevin LeBanc. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a reason for that. Uh, Chris Kreider comes off the books next year. Uh, Nemestikov comes off the books next year. That's over $8.5 there. Uh, let's see who else. Lundqvist can't have that much. Left. He has what two years? Two years left. Mm-hmm. That's eight point five right there. Yeah. Now the Dan Girardi buyout goes down by two and a half million, but the Kevin Shantkirk deal goes up by five. <laughs> so that's fun. Oh God. Matt Bolesky comes off the books. So that's that's another one point nine. How good was that Rangers rebuild? <laughs> That wasn't. That's a very good Rangers rebuild. Like I'm. That's. This is. 
considering like, they can get back what they can get back for Chris Kreider and even let even if they want to trade Nemestikov, like what? Like it was done in like a year and a half. Yeah. Now listen, they're I still think their defense is a, Jacob Truba, yeah, Brady Shea, yeah, Brendan Smith, I don't know. Adam Fox, okay. Should be good, but we'll see. I'm also not 100% convinced on Mark Stahl. Like, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. But, but a five, he's 5.7 million for the next two years, and he's 32. Well, we'll see. Yeah. That's that's what I have to say. Uh, and then moving on, Brendan Carlo. Oh, another deal. good contract Just, for the Bruins. Uh, the Boston Bruins. What a surprise. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> Uh, 2.85 million dollars. Less than 3 million. A fantastic deal for Brendan Carlo. I well, I think I think this is it's funny because it is similar to other contracts that we will be that as Brock Besser, let's say. A bridge. A bridge. But look at how the salary is structured. Uh Brendan Carlo second year 3.5 and he expires as an RFA and he'll be arbitration eligible. Again, it's it's the Bruins being careful in their window. Yeah, and we talked about it last week. And I and I looked. I I I get what Daniel was saying. I still think Charlie McAvoy should have been signed to a longer extension, but I understand. Yeah. Um, and then I guess let's go on to. I'm going to say Brock Besser, uh, Travis Konechny. That is a that is a deal. $5.5 million for six years. Uh, last year, 24 goals. The yep. year before that, 24 goals. Yep. goals and if, I think he's a he, – right now, he's a consistent 40-point scorer. I think it gets it only gets better. Yep. No such thing as uh, as overpaying your stars, and that guy could do something special in Philly this year. I you think, think – yeah. you think that will be a steal? Yeah. I, I have a soft spot replaced to wear number 11. Oh, sorry. I forgot to ask you that about Thomas Shabbat. Is mm-hmm. that deal a steal? Will that deal be a steal? Yes. Eventually. Yes. Okay. Especially yeah, I think too. When I Jacob Trubin making eight million dollars, <laughs> yeah. which is I like Jacob Trubin, but Thomas Shabbat. Yeah, it's all the different. Second coming of Eric Carlson there, right? So, yeah, a whole different ball game. Uh, again, yeah, good deal. Congratulations, Philly. Uh, Brock Besser. I see. Uh, I, I, I don't want Philly to do good. Why? Because it's more competition in the East. Oh, true. That's true. That's true. They're going to be in such a a crappy position because they have to fight tooth and nail with every single. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's go. Let's go to the East. Okay. Uh, I want to mine. Let's say who do you think is going to make the playoffs? uh, Division teams. What teams are going to make it to the playoffs through the division? Um, in the Atlantic, it's copy paste for the past two years. Okay. Uh, Tampa, Boston, uh, Toronto. Toronto. Um, by the way, I just want to give credit to Kyle Dubas very quickly before I keep going on because everyone was like, you got to trade one of these big stars for defensemen. And then he went out and got Barry. They've gotten Muzzin. Yeah. And who did you they? You got those defensemen. You had to get rid of Kadri. No, but yes. considering what we already, what we have, I'm not, I'm not complaining. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so okay. yeah, I, I, in the, in the, so in the Atlantic, it's Toronto, yeah. it's Boston and Tampa. it's Tampa Bay. It's just not even... I love Montreal and Carey Price. Now, if 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 a month in Carey Price has a nine thirty save percentage, yeah. then that might change. But but right looking now, at it first glance, it's okay. Them. How and about the Metro? The Metro Capitals for sure. Yes. Ah, uh, see, the Metro is really weird. 
because Pittsburgh's defense still hasn't convinced me as much as Rob Rossi and Jim Rutherford tried to tell me. <laughs> but at the same time, you never count out Sidney Crosby. Philly, I, you know, I think it's going to be Washington for sure. I think Philly does it because Carter Hart will have a full year behind them. Okay. Provorov and that. Yep, Provorov yeah. will be better because he's not the pressure of his contract anymore. Of course, Shane Goss' bear is going to be there. So, and who's the third team? I'm, I'm trying to think. See, I was rambling because I'm trying to stall for time because I don't know. It's uh, Columbus aren't making it. No. How about the Hurricanes? You I don't like the, No, I don't like them. I don't like them. Okay, I'm fine. Not gonna, the Devils. No. Is it because you don't like P.K. Subban? I love him. Excuse me? I just wanted no, to, no, I just no, wanted no. to see All what right, you'd say. I just wanted to see what you'd say. I am not say. one of those Okay, athletes. I just wanted to see what you'd say. I love P.K. Subban. I just wanted to see what you'd say. Their goaltending is a mess. Okay. I think Carolina could do it. It's just... Do I believe in the goaltending is a question mark, which is, of course, like that for a lot of Metro teams. Yeah. I don't believe in Matt Murray in Pittsburgh. I don't believe in Peter Morazic and James Reimer. Okay. Um, I, I just, I don't, <laughs> hey, I don't hey, know. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Don't talk about James Reimer. I like James Reimer, but he's not a starting goalie. <laughs> no, he's not. So I, I don't know. I okay. think for the sake of it, and because it's Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin seems to be out to prove something, I'll say Pittsburgh. But that's two teams. So Washington, Carolina, and Pittsburgh. No, Washington, Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia. Okay. And the Metro. I mean, sorry, in the wild card. Teams. No, wait, wait. This is what I meant. This is this is where I'm. I'm oh, getting you're just to. Gonna have all the extra teams out. Okay. Yeah. So we have Montreal. The, these are the teams that you did not select. Okay. Montreal, Ottawa, okay. Buffalo, yeah. Detroit, mm-hmm. Florida. Okay. That's the five in the Atlantic. Okay. Then you didn't pick New Jersey, Islanders, Hurricanes, Blue Jackets, and Rangers. So you have 10 teams. One at a time, give me one of those teams, and I'll give you a little bit on them. And why no, I think they would or wouldn't who, make it. Uh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not asking you who's going to make it. I'm asking you which teams are Montreal better than. Okay. Because, okay. Ottawa, we yes, don't even need. We don't I, even need to explain. I, I, I have two words for you. Versus we don't sports. even need to explain. It's it's Ottawa. That's all I'm gonna say to that. Buffalo. Um, I don't believe in their goaltending situation. So Ottawa, Mamba, not Ottawa. Montreal is better than Buffalo. Yes. Detroit. Uh, okay. Yeah. Florida. Okay, this is this is tough because it's gonna be really annoying having to play Sergey Bobrovsky. Right. More times this year. I don't know. Okay. I, I think Shea Weber and Jeff Petrie are better than Aaron Ekblad. What? I'm saying Jeff, Did you say Jeff Petrie Jeff is better? Jeff Petrie is better than Aaron Ekblad. People don't give enough credit to Jeff Petrie. Listen. He was outperforming because of, Shea Weber. Okay, because of you, I have gained respect for Jeff Petrie because okay. you've shown me the ways. All right. I don't know if I could agree with you on, on that. Okay, but anyway, I think, again, I, I like... I like the Panthers, but I don't know. I'm I'm tempted to say they're on even keys. Okay, even so playing field. Okay, I think with the Panthers, Panthers losing, I don't know his name, but that the assistant coach who ran their power. Play, Paul McFarland. Paul McFarland. I think yeah. that's going to suck for them. And Montreal normally has their number two. Um, okay, so I'm going to say they're even, but okay, so we'll, based on how they've played, one potential team that can beat Montreal. Uh, okay, I think that's fair. Every New New Jersey. The goaltending is just I'm so not no. concerned. No. Okay. The Islanders. Um no, because their goaltending situation is also a mess and they're they're a defense first team. Carolina. 
I, I you can have a gun to my head, and I'm not saying that the, the Carolina Hurricanes are better than Montreal. Let's okay, but goal first. oh, okay, fine. Don't uh, trade the Jeff Skinner trade was terrible. What do you do? Okay. You're going to play Andre Kachukov on the power play. Uh, okay, Columbus. Columbus. No, they know they're bad. Uh, and New York. Uh, the Rangers. See, the Rangers are fascinating to me. I think Montreal is better than them, but there's just a lot of I I. Uh, they're going to be contending for a wild card spot, but I think Montreal's better. Yeah. Okay, so there's a, from the all the teams we list, you couldn't even name one that was actually you thought was actually better than Montreal. I think if you said Florida, but you said they you thought they would be on like equal terms. I think if anyone's giving Montreal a scare, it's going to be the Panthers. Okay. And second, the Hurricanes. Okay. So I think the like I think we both said the Canadians are going to make the playoffs. I hope so. I I think so. I just think, like, unless things go really wrong and some of these rookies that you are putting your trust in don't necessarily turn out to be what they are this year or and they're not as effective in the NHL as they will be, then you are in a different situation. See, I've made my thoughts on Mark Bergman very clear. Yes. Um, I respect the job he's done, but of course there are, he's he cleaned up his own mess. That's the problem, right? And I have a lot of people tell me, you know, all the other Atlantic teams got better by, excuse me, by adding other players. And the thing I love to tell people is, is with Montreal, it's not about going up and getting that star free agent. It's about... You have to let the young guys right. take those spots. But what you're saying is, it is very reliant on how weather go- well they are going to do. Would you consider the Montreal Canadiens in their like final stages? Like we're talking final like stages of a of players. a rebuild. Final stages of a rebuild. Okay. Oh, we're asking if, if I'm asking what are. you think because that's what that's for me. That's what was happening with the Leafs two years ago or three years ago, and the year they played the Capitals. Mm-hmm. That wasn't for me was the final stage of the rebuild mm-hmm. because that was let's see what these players can do we knew Nylander was was going to be a good player uh Marner was still okay I, 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 you I, get, I get what, what you get what I'm saying. saying um I'm no I don't think this is the last part of it because you don't know what Paling and Suzuki can be right so, but that's okay I see what you're saying I think now, now, this is a very weird, a very important year for Montreal, and weird if you really want to put it a certain way, is at the end of the year, that answer could change. Right. If Suzuki plays as well as he should, and if Paling comes back and continues to be <coughs> and again, of course, I will say this until I die, when you carry Price in that, you have a chance to win every night, then yeah, but then at the same time, it's based on him and Shea Weber's health. So that right. answer could change by the end of the year. But right now, I, I, it's, it's still a question mark. Okay, so I'll ask you that at the end of the year. Okay, sweet. Um, then I guess finally, let's let's talk about Brock Besser. Yeah. Um, bridge it's a deal. bridge. It's a bridge deal. Um, three years, uh, right under six million dollars. It's five point eight seven five. I like that. Um, the big win for the Canucks here is that it's a year after Elias Pettersson and Quinton Hughes are up. That is yeah. why I look at this as a win. Okay, uh, listen. Let me pull up their. Um, let me pull up their cap friendly page. Okay. They are two, just a, under two million over the cap. They're at eighty three point two. Ooh. 
Oh, no. Uh, and no one is going on IR or LTIR. So someone's going to go. Or someone's going to be sent down. And it, again and again, I come back to this. This is what happens when you overpay for for mediocre players. Are Anton Roussel and Jay Beagle, specifically, really $3 million players? No. Okay. Jay Beagle had a good playoff performance, and that's how he got it. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if those players were just cut in half, like the their cap hit. Would they be worth it then? Yeah, I would take Beagle for 1.5. Okay. I still like, I think it's, it's, it's a bit much, but... Like... They put themselves in this situation, and you want know, to make it worse. Luongo's ca- recapture penalty at three million is for the next three years. No, to be fair, when Pedersen and, and Hughes are up for there's still one more year of Luongo. But um, let me just get make sure I'm right here. Uh, Four point three of Brandon Sutter, three point seven of Tanner Pearson, and yep. three point six of Sven Barchi will be on the board. Now, I mean... And, and Alex Edler. And Alex Edler, now. Right. Obviously, they shouldn't be in this position to start. No. You know who else is up that year? Thatcher Demko. And if he's anything that... Anything close to what people are, were saying he was, that's three very good players who are up at the same time. And then the year after, you really got to play Brock, pay Brock Besser. It's, I'm just thinking now... In two years, what the cap's going to look like. Elias Patterson, if he continues to be as good as he was, right. could make, and I don't think I'm exaggerating here, could make $12 million. I agree with you. He's making, I think if he does what he has, if he continues to do what he did this year, he is at least making over $10 million. Yes. No question. If he, if they somehow lock him up to 10 I think that is a steal for the Vancouver Canucks. If I'm Elias oh, yeah. Patterson coming off my ALC, I'm saying Matthews deal or no. Call me back when you figure that out. That's right. what I'm. I, again, just going back to Besser. Again, I, I am. I like how it's the year afterwards. That's fantastic for them. They got it done. He'll be playing, and hopefully he stays healthy. and can finally hit. Yeah, his this this deal again is structured the same way as the Brendan Carlo deal. High base salary last year at seven point five. So if he takes that qualifying offer, he's making at least seven point five against the cap. Which, if he took a really long term deal, was probably going to be the number he was going to get. Okay, how long of a deal would he have to would he take to yes. make it to make it seven and a half? Um, at least five for me, because Tarasenko made that years ago, and if yeah. I'm Besser, I know that. Hey, I know how big a piece I am here, and with the cap going up, I if I'm Besser and I'm taking seven point five at least five. Years. That's fair. That is fair. Okay, last thing. Um, no lockout. Yeah. Let's just say it. So the NHLPA have chosen not to reopen the CBA, so now the current CBA will run through to September 15th, 2022. Yes. So Woo-hoo. that will be the year we graduate. Yeah. So watch there be a lockout then. Then we're screwed. We're going to have to go work at McDonald's. Great. But that's hey, that's good for our show. That did, means yeah. we won't have to deal with a lockout or anything like that till two thousand twenty-two. Um, I think did, we all saw this coming. Did you? I don't know if you saw the quotes, or do you want me to just read them out? Uh, sure. Okay, so this is from NHLPA Executive Director Don, Don Fair. Mm-hmm. So he says, 
While players have concerns with the current CBA, we agree with the league that working together to address those concerns is the preferred course of action instead of terminating the agreement following the season. We have, we have been having discussions with the league about an extension of the CBA and expect that, that those talks will continue. So I did some research. I'm like, what could po- what are possible issues? Uh, there's obviously escrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olympic participation is a big one. Yeah. But I don't think it's as big as what. Plus, it's not. The big thing is that's more than just the NHL. <clears throat> that's the ILC as well. The IIHF. Uh, no, no, the... IIHF. No, no, double IHF and the Olympic Committee. Uh, IOC. IOC, sorry, yeah. IOC, So it, yeah. it's more than just the NHL there, there, but yeah. Yeah, but, and I think they're trying to work to a... Specific on that issue, I think they're trying to work to a compromise. They're trying to put the World Cup of Hockey again. They're trying... That is something I, I read that they were working on during those discussions. The last thing that I found... Uh, is what qualifies as hockey-related revenue. And I we've talked about this. Yeah, with the whole Seattle money coming in. <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about it on the podcast. but really? we all Yeah, oh. but we, no. And so this is what I found out, um, is apparently we've, Adam and I have said on multiple occasions that the cap is going to go up because of Seattle money and because of, uh, sports because of sports gambling and TV deals, what we have failed to mention is that other people with other podcasts have said the same thing. By the way, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying what we have failed to mention is that this first off, the salary cap is based on multiple factors, which include hockey-related revenue. The money that the league gets. From the Seattle group, which is what seven hundred and fifty million, I'll double check. I believe so. Does not qualify as hockey-related revenue. The same thing happened when Vegas joined the league. The five hundred million I think they got from Vegas was not part of hockey-related revenue. Uh, six hundred and fifty. Oh, six hundred and fifty million. Sorry, six hundred and fifty million does not count as hockey-related revenue, and I believe they split that 50-50 mm-hmm. between the Players Association and the league, any type of hockey-related revenue. Now, that's in, I, th- I thought that was interesting, and you said, oh, well, it's not technically hockey-related revenue. I said, I know, but it contributes to hockey, and I assume that, that, would, that would qualify as hockey-related revenue. So maybe that won't have a biggest fact uh, factor as we thought, but I what we didn't mention also is that the money that that the Seattle team makes is hockey related revenue. Mm-hmm. So and we're not we're not wrong, but we aren't right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, the big, the important thing here is no lockout. Right? Yes, yes, if no lockout. If this is a problem, this is a problem for our, the year we graduate out of school. The most important year of our lives. Yeah. But, you know, I'm confident in the league. I hope so. I hate a lockout. Of course. Highlight like that, by the way, and see if, uh, if I'm wrong about trusting the league in a few years. Oh, but God, I've come to respect Gary Bettman and the job he's done. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Uh, anything else, Alex? I've, I've checked Twitter. I don't see anything massive coming up, so no breaking news. Um, Nothing? 
No, just some stuff from Keith Kincaid saying how happy he was in his game last night. Shout out to you, Keith. Um, But yeah, I think that's I think that's everything. I think we're good. Um, Last, I'm seeing a lot of Antonio Brown, but I I just I don't care. Oh, here's a really funny tweet. So you know you know how I mentioned that Derek Pouliot was on waivers. Uh, This is from um, Twitter user Septemberi Kapanen. Donut bracket fan or at that's Cappy. Ah. Derek Pouliot, who the Penguins wouldn't part ways with in the Kessel trade, so instead they included Shucks. Kasperi Kapanen. Oh, shucks. Wow. That really sucks. Could you imagine if, if the if the Leafs got Derek Pouliot instead of Kasperi Kapanen? Yeah, I, I don't want to think about it. How about that? But anyway, they still got the pick that turned into Freddy. Uh, I true. think that's everything. That is everything. Um, social medias will be in the description below per Alex. Uh, yeah. On the pod, I want to take a minute to acknowledge Alex because oh, he is the behind-the-scenes guy. Whenever we have technical issues, it's Alex's thing to fix them. Oh so, God! Yeah. Uh, give him some shout-out. Give him some love, people. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, share it, subscribe, rate, reach out to us on Twitter. We love you guys. Um, yeah. Last episode was our best episode yet, Euro-wise, <laughs> and I think yeah. quality run wise so, Yeah. Um, let's keep her going. Definitely. I think that's it. Awesome. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>